This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fixie Stevens. No chance for a case of the Mondays when you've got a fresh episode of Breaking Boston, Monday, June 12th, 2023. You got Fitzy, you got Hart. We've got good vibes rolling all throughout Boston and New England. The Red Sox take two of three from the Yankees in the Bronx. The Celtics are hiring yet another bright, educated, experienced basketball mind to join Joe Missoula on his bench. But we return, like we usually do as the Six Rings guys, to where we are most comfortable, down to Foxborough, where clean slate season continues. The first official day of Patriots minicamp 2023 opens up under fair, if not mildly, overcast skies. It's a perfect day for outdoor anything. Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and I think this is topic number one today, Andy, whom else shows up for minicamp today. Absent, curiously, thus far, have been the likes of Matt Junon, Juju Smith-Schuster, who you believe is dealing with something, and a couple other faces people would actually like to see out there warming up, making plays, and getting their act together now as we are just under three months away from starting the Patriots season. So coming off of OTAs for the audience, now getting into minicamp, what are some of the, aside from the fact that one is voluntary and this is mandatory, what are some of the other differences that make between OTAs and minicamp? Are we padded up now? Yeah, there will be pads now. Ah, what that ah, what ah. that leads to, who knows, um, whether it's a more competitive environment. I mean, certainly up to the coaches, how they manage things, especially in this new era where we're seeing teams skip the minicamp altogether um, in places like Philadelphia, where that's a pretty good football team with theoretically a pretty good young coach. Um, have chosen to go a little bit of a different direction here. But yeah, you start, you let off with what's going to be the most notable thing is attendance. People will take mm-hmm. attendance. People who aren't there, the speculation will begin. I know you've already begun speculating and others talking about Trent Brown. Is he holding out? Is it contract related? Mm-hmm. Like, I got to tell you, Trent Brown, if you hold out, stay the F out. That would be my perspective because you have been last year. So you weren't good. So I don't know what you're looking for. Like usually people hold out when they have something called leverage and they're a good player and they're looking to make money and they know their team needs them and they're trying to balance that out. Trent Brown, you you looked good against the Browns and then you never looked good again, basically. And you were part of the tackle problem when you should have been part of the tackle solution. Theoretically, you were like Isaiah Wynn and all the guys on the right side. 
Okay, yeah, we have a problem over there. I'm supposed to be able to count on you, Trent Brown. You're supposed to be a Pro Bowl caliber, big-ass man athlete. Mm -hmm. So I'll be interested to see, A, if he's there, and then, B, he will be requested by the media in attendance, whether they are – uh, whether he's made available is, is another question. I will say previously scheduled, we're supposed to talk to the rookies today Ooh. on the first day of minicamp. So at, at, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I saw the breakdown of the schedule is Belichick speaks yeah. at 1045, practice begins at 1120, and then you guys get access to them at 130 today. So it's rookie day. Rookie day. So Christian Gonzalez will be a hot commodity. I'm sure Marte Mapu will be a hot commodity to talk. Um, then I don't know if we'll go down the ladder and get like Boutte, Demario Douglas, Malik Cunningham, mm. um, any of if those. You get, that... If you get a chance, if you get a chance to like raise your hand and say like, oh, oh, uh, coach or hey, Stacy, can I speak to blank? Who would you be most curious to speak with? I mean, it's the cliche one, but Gonzalez should be at the top of the list. Gonzalez should be at the top of the list for everything. Play, talk, everything. He's the first round pick. He's the guy that if you hit, you hit on a superstar, you hit on a number one corner, you hit on one of the most important positions in football. So he would be up there. Uh, second in line would probably be um, Mapu, just mm -hmm. because it looks like he's going to have a significant role with the team. And, and no one knows anything about, aside from, like, I'd never heard of him before. Like, this is what happens. Like, smaller school guys, Kyle Duggar, never heard of him before he gets drafted. Next thing you know, comes out. We all know where Lenore Ryan is. We're big fans. 23's in the house. Marte Mapu, never heard of him. Oh, Daniel Jeremiah likes him. Now we're all suddenly like experts on Sacramento State and hybrid players like him in positionless defense drink 2023 NFL. I can't wait to hear from him because I just don't know much about the guy and what his tone and tenor are. And especially with everybody, everybody has raved about him. Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, defensive players, I think Wise, like everybody has talked about not just his versatility and the, the obvious things, the athleticism, but wanting to be coached, wanting to be learned, mm. eager, asking questions, the, the kind of things that they all, you know, say they want to see from young and rookie players as they try to develop and find a uh, home for themselves on the Patriots defense. Um, I do think Booty is an interesting one just because the story, the expectations, the LSU hype, the now Patriots hype and everything that goes into that. Cunningham, Malik Cunningham as an undrafted guy, just for the obvious story of the position change and I've told you it looks like he, not surprisingly as a quarterback, but has some leadership qualities as a receiver, telling other guys what to do, where to be, how to do it, even though he's you know been a receiver for like two weeks in his life at this point. Um, so he's an interesting one, but you never know. I mean, and, and it's a tough spot. I always, these are, and you and I have talked about this before, my term scared douchey, where some of these young and rookie players are so scared to say the wrong thing. They're hmm. beaten in their heads by Bears and Stacy and Bill or whatever, you know, don't say this, don't talk about that, that they come off as real dinks. So it's, it's an interesting first step sort of learning their personality now that they're in the world of, I'm a patriot. This is my work environment. This is football. I'm going to have to talk to you guys a few times every once in a while, like, how do they handle themselves, especially Gonzalez? Because he's the one that will matter, as I said. Like, if Booty's a dink, Booty's a dink. Or, you know, Malik mm -hmm. Cunningham, who knows? They may not even make the team. Christian Gonzalez is going to be on this team minimum for the next three years. I mean, you hope like the next 10 years, but minimum central figure on this team for the next three years. How does he handle himself? How does he handle the pressure? And somebody's going to say, you look like you're the number one corner. What do you think? Like, is he cocky? Is he not cocky? Mm -hmm. Like, how does he embrace the spotlight the central role that he's going to be in so that'll be part of today too and also uh perhaps you'll get a chance to speak to the
the guy who went sort of viral draft night with his beyond thrilled reaction to being selected by the Patriots, big bad Keon White, mm-hmm. the defensive end, uh, defensive end edge player. Uh, when did, by the way, just a little random football note. When did we start calling them edge players? I feel like that's um, something the eighties and nineties. No one ever got called like, Oh edge. no, 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 not even, not even the early two thousands. That was, you know, the teens somewhere mm-hmm. in the teens last edge five became to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's part of, as you said, positionless football and mm-hmm. hybrid players. And, you know, you Derwin James, for example, everybody says Derwin James by far, if you call him a safety, the best safety in football, but I've seen many things where the chargers are like, what position does he play? I don't know, but he's the best damn player we have at whatever that position is called because he's I'll really tell you what good. position he plays football, right, football right. professional yeah. football player. Back it football off. Players make All football right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, edge is certainly, and you know, you, you mentioned it, I think, yesterday when we were on the Fitzy and Hot program on mm-hmm. uh, WEEI about I have this um, fascination, I guess, with the Patriots' versatility. Mm-hmm. Still not sure how good I think the defense will be, but the versatility of the defense and the chess pieces that Mayo and Steve Belichick and Bill Belichick bring to the field and, you know, they sort of pick from, hey, we got like 18 guys that are going to be part of the regular defensive rotation, which tw- 11 almost said 12 not sure why which 11 am i going to put on the field because if you put on 12 people like me will be saying you're a terribly coached football team you don't even know how to count and put the right number of players on the field which 11 are in the mix um and how they're used and you know phillips and duggar and Mm -hmm. mapu and white and wise and just guys that are oh he's inside he's outside he's in the box he's deep safety oh who's corner who's safety jonathan jones where are you we'll start to see more of that because theoretically you're going to have more players on the field and you take a little bit of step up in the types of uh, reps that they're running. Yeah, but I, it's curious because I think a lot of fans will wonder exactly how much of the new Bill O'Brien offense you'll actually get a chance to see. Like what, what percentage would you guess or speculate uh, of plays the Patriots will use or that are going to be dropped this fall? will the media get to see versus what they'll actually run later on when it's like, okay, guys, now all the trickery, the deceit, the new formations, everything that we're going to surprise people with this fall, they wouldn't ever do that in front of the media. So you guys start reporting on it, right? Well, first of all, we're not allowed to report on it. If it's trickery, there you go. That's right. Anything like that. But um, I don't know, 20%, you know, the, the, the foundational stuff, what you're going to see is the stuff that they're going to run most weeks against mm-hmm. most teams in most matchups. You're not going to see a lot of the, you know, football 301, but the 101 stuff, the stuff mm-hmm. that they're trying to make a core part of their offense, the thing that they build off of, the thing that, you know, we need to play right here. We're going to go to our guy and our play that we think we can win more often than not. Those are the things you're going to see. And it's quite frankly why last year there was so much talk from now into early camp about the outside zone running and, you know, the time they spent using that. And then it, never really became a foundational piece of the offense. They weren't good at it. So, you know, those are the things you look at here because you will kind of figure out what they want to be. You know, for example, people, how are they going to use Gasicki? How are they going to mm-hmm. use the two, the tight ends? Is there going to be more two tight end sets, not two tight end sets? I mean, if we can get all the receivers out there through through OTAs, one of the problems has been like they, they've had a couple receivers and then you're like, well, they got two tight ends and two receivers. Is that because they only have two receivers right now available? Or is that because they want to be a two tight end team more often than not? So maybe we'll start to see some of that, or at least we can file it away in the back of our minds be like, Oh yeah. In June, they were doing a lot of two tight end stuff. So it makes sense that 
Now in October, they're a two tight end team with Gesicki on the field a lot. So we will see some of that. And I just, it's a, it's an advancement. Like we're going to make too much of it. You know, fans of the breaking Boston pod can tune in later this afternoon for the six rings pod where Mike Mm -hmm. Cadwick and I will recap and we will have all kinds of observations and assessments Hmm. and fresh from the field when they're the absolute best. We're not talking about going to the store people to buy the catch of the day. We are talking about Andy and Mike are going to have that fish fresh from the ocean or the river, ready to throw right on the hibachi. We got to fillet it, (laughs) cook it right up for you. Scales might be an eyeball God. accidentally. Sorry, <laughs> you the mic might have a hook in him. That could be a yep. little rookie prank from Andy. Yep, you never but, know. But that's the kind of. But like, that's that's what's so fun about today is that now pads are on. You'll see exactly if your guy Mapu, uh, you know Timmy Tryhard there, if he's going to be out there like really trying to crank it up to eleven. And some of the veterans or coaches will be like, "Come on, Mapu, this is a this is a marathon, not a sprint. Like, let's slow it down. You don't have to worry about." proving something to us uh which veterans show up and in what kind of shape they're in i know they have a couple months to get themselves into shape as well but there's no pretty condition. sure what kind of shape trent brown will be in yeah yeah giant same um, shape he's always been <laughs> in his career but there's no like conditioning tests and drills the way you do an actual training no. camp right no. no 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 i mean they can do conditioning at the end mm-hmm. of practice on the hill and things of that nature but not Oh, you got to pass your conditioning run to get on the field. If you don't, you'll be on the side with the trainers till you can. Like, no, there'll be none of that. Um, and and attendance is probably still going to be a thing. Like mm-hmm. Tyquan Thornton, who Mike Reese reports is dealing with a soft tissue injury. That just soft because it's mandatory injury. doesn't mean like he's going to be out there. If he's if he's still dealing with a hamstring or a quad or a calf or whatever the hell it is, he'll still be dealing with that, and he'll be on the lower field that used to be the Revs field you know, just Mm -hmm. running and doing training stuff. But the interesting one, and certainly Judon is interesting um, because it's always interesting if he speaks, we'll see. Mm -hmm. And I I would guess if, if he's here, he will speak sometime this week, maybe not necessarily on Monday. It's always interesting to hear players talk about why they're not here in the spring. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you you doing? Is it, you know, do you, because it's voluntary, you just feel like, nope, I don't do voluntary is, are you feel like you're getting more done elsewhere? Like why, do you choose? And mostly we focus on quarterbacks. We've lived the Tom Brady. We've lived the Aaron Rodgers in recent years when they do or do not attend certain things. Um, but if you're Judon, why are you not at OTAs? What do you feel like you're getting elsewhere? What are you going to get today by being here? That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we also know that DeAndre Hopkins just jumping away from the people that will be out there on the field for the Patriots huh? today. What if uh, Hopkins is out De- there? DeAndre Hopkins it is confirmed. Oh, God, has, that's DeAndre Hopkins' music. <laughs> he has landed in and has begun his visit. Uh, they even have a fancy welcome to Nashville. DeAndre Hopkins signed with him, mocked in a Titans jersey that I can see right there. Looks like he's having a very luxe time. So no word as to exactly how that meeting has gone or will will have gone at this point. If there are any updates, of course, uh, myself, Mike Cadillac, or Andy Hart will jump all over that and let you know what's going on. Something else I'm actually looking forward to seeing. People have been freaking out, and I know you've been loving loving the clapback, which, by the way, should also be the name of maybe another side podcast project that we do for Odyssey. Oh, that's what we That's exactly another one. Just where you can hang them high, let them fly, vent it out. How much you have loved people freaking out over, like, look at Gonzalez, his ability to jump up when no one else is around and make a leaping catch, that interception, those hands, the movement, the fluid hips. Oh, Mac Jones throwing a bomb in slow-mo to Taekwon Thornton when he's in coverage, coverage 
against Miles Bryant. Like today, at least you'll see, shall we say, more football adjacent plays. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything Some competition. You see today, yes. Yeah. Anything you see today, you can take as more meaningful than OTAs. I'm not saying as meaningful as camp or as meaningful mm-hmm. as regular season action or pre. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But. It's a step in the process toward more meaningful. You know, I'm sure Coach Belichick, when he talks to us this morning, will say, this is still a teaching environment. We're still laying the foundation. But he knows in his mind he's evaluating players every time they step on the field. Whatever the conditions, whatever the environment, whatever the pad level, the attire, the tempo, he's evaluating them. So a guy like Jack Jones, who I think is in a really important year. Second year, Christian Gonzalez is here. Where do you fit in? Are you, I don't want to say a problem, but are you not necessarily a first guy in, last guy out kind of player? Like, are you, wh- where do you fit on that? He's the hardest worker on the team. Bill loves to say everybody's the hardest worker, right? Will he ever say Jack Jones is one of the hardest workers on the team? Like, where does he fit in as a professional football player? And in these environments, you're assessed. And maybe he ramps it up. Maybe he says, you know what? Huh, what's this? I'm a, oh, this is a shoulder pad? Oh. Oh, now we're playing some football. Now I'm going to pick off Mac Jones. Now I'm looking to jump some out route, right? Or maybe I'm matched up with Mike Gesicki. Oh, you want to see if I'm too little to cover a big receiver, tight end type? Maybe. So maybe that just ramps up the competitive level just enough so that we get notable events on the practice fields behind Gillette Stadium. And last but not least, it bears mentioning once again, uh, we don't necessarily have a nickname for him. We'll call him the contract year, guys. Mike Onwenu, um, Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche. Now, Kendrick Bourne is one of them as well because he's in the third year of his three-year deal. We saw what he looked like the other day, uh, jacked up, bigger muscles, fit, ready to rock and roll this year. We'll see what kind of shape some of these guys show up in exactly. Like, maybe Uche shows up and you're like, whoa, like Josh Uche. Like, much hasn't been made of seeing him at OTAs or what kind of shape he's in or whatever. But you never know. Like, some of these guys may show up looking already looking the part of somebody who is going to get after it this year because they know there is a big payday potentially coming up depending on what kind of shape they're in what kind of season they have and what kind of season the team has yeah and and as i said you get a little bit more competitive environment so shape and then competitive like oh is he got to be in his bonnet all year long like is there something going on with him one way or the other you know wants to prove he's worth a contract wants to prove you're idiots that you don't think i'm worth a contract something like that um, sometimes you can notice that about a guy, right? And it's, as I said, it could be in a press conference setting. It can be in the, on the field, mini camp setting. It can just be how early he's out there, how late he's out there, the way he's handling the overall process and this step in the process. So yeah, it's, as Belichick would say, it's a, it's a piece of the mosaic as you put together the profile of these guys heading into 2023. And breaking Boston each and every day is a piece of the mosaic for you, the diehard fan who can never get enough. We are here to feed your need for Boston sports, news, opinions, stories, and more each and every day. And, of course, the Six Rings and Football Things podcast will keep you up to date all week long with the hap-hap happenings down there in Foxesboro at minicamp. So make sure you give us a rate, review, subscribe, and share here and with Six Rings and Football Things as well. For Coop, For Jumbo, this is Fitzy. This has been Breaking Boston. Happy mini camp. We're just a week away from summer, folks. We're almost there. Let's keep the good vibes in clean slate season rolling.